For those of you that uh, we sold out of books last week, so I want to remind everybody, we are in the middle of our 40-day challenge, and the Red Letter Challenge is available uh, for only $10. The church is going to invest $10 in you, so the cost was 20 but the church wants to be a, a people that invest in you. And so uh, these books are available, and also our communion bags are also available. And we started on Wednesday, but it's not too late. You can start today. So please be sure to stop in the back and uh, get your communion um, bag and your book. And I found it to be really very refreshing. I, I have been saved since I was eight years old, and I'm 62, and I have never taken communion seven days in a row until this challenge. Of course, I haven't taken it seven because it's only Wednesday, so we, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking in faith. We started Wednesday, so by, by Wednesday, it'll be seven days. And when you take communion, you remember what Christ did for you. It's powerful. Um, Tammy is in Tulsa today visiting one of her friends, and, and we got on the phone yesterday with Austin and Tammy and Julie in Tulsa, and we read the devotional together and took communion, and it was cool. I told you what Austin said, uh, maybe I didn't. Uh, our, our first day on Wednesday, we took communion, and uh, I was expecting this deep revelation and deep, powerful comment from Austin, and after he took the eating the cracker, he said, Dad, that tastes pretty good. <laughs> that wasn't the reaction I was looking for, but it was, it was good nonetheless, and so we have crackers, we have... Uh, cups in there for you, and we want you to, to just remember God. Remember Jesus every day for 40 days. So we're looking forward to you joining that journey with us. All right. We're kicking off Lent this Sunday, and it fits in beautifully with our Red Letter Living series. We're going to look at some of the words that Christ said on the cross. The first words that he said on the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Now, I think it's good and healthy for all of us is to recognize that we don't know what we're doing. You may be smart, you may be rich, you may be experienced, but none of us have been here before. This is our first time. We're all new parents, we're all new grandparents, we're all new great-grandparents, we're new husbands, we're, we've never done this before, this is all new to us. And we need to really recognize that we don't know what we're doing. Now, some theologians say that when Jesus said these, these words, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, that he was speaking to the criminals on his right and on his left. And I think that's interesting. And I would agree that, yes, he was speaking to the criminals, but I want to remind us all to hear, hear, here today, we're all criminals. We're all criminals. You may have not murdered, but you lust. You may have not stolen, but you cheat. So we're all criminals. So when Jesus spoke these words, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. He was speaking to the criminals. He was also speaking to us. And we need to acknowledge that we don't know what we're doing, and other people don't know what they're doing. So I went on the internet to find some photos of people that don't know what they're doing. 
And there's a lot of people in this world that they, they don't know what they're doing. Here's a couple having a picnic underneath a 25-ton boulder. Here's a guy that sticks his tongue onto a frozen pole. How many know he doesn't know what he's doing? Here's a guy taking a nap on a tiger. Not sure he knows what he's doing. And A lot of people just don't know what they're doing, do they? You kind of wonder. Oh, yeah, there's the, there's the, I was waiting for that one. That's the electrician who is uh, fixing a electrical socket with his feet in the water. So here's the point, church. Oh, hey, but, but wait, there's more. Today we're going to talk about unforgiveness. And Mel's just determined to show all those slides. Yeah, this guy is, is, is fixing his AC unit 60 stories up. We're going to talk about the power of forgiveness. And one of the ways that we begin that, that, that powerful act of forgiving people is recognizing that we don't know what we're doing and neither do other people. There's people in your family, they don't know what they're doing. You've got in-laws and outlaws, and they don't know what in the world they're doing. Your boss doesn't know what he's doing. People on the job don't know what they're doing. People in authority don't know what they're doing. Your pastor, you've said it, he doesn't know what he's doing. And I think it's, it's, it's a good realization to, to come to that place where we need to recognize none of us know what we're doing. And there have been people that have hurt you and wounded you and scarred you and spoken evil of you, stabbed you in the back, and you've been scarred for years and years. And we need to release them because they don't know what they're doing. Pastors have hurt you. Religious leaders have, 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 have hurt you. People in authority have taken advantage of their position and they have hurt you. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing the hurt that your parents, your father, your mother, an uncle, kids, what they've done to you. I've been in ministry for 40 years, and, and, and I'm just, I'm amazed at what people do to other people. I'm amazed at what family members do to other family members. I'm amazed at what people do on social media. You want to know why some, our, our kids are, are so insecure? It's because they're feeding off of the words of other people that they really don't even know, and it, it impacts them. So there's been a lot of hurt and a lot of wound in this church, and you today. I'm not diminishing the pain and the heartache, but I, I really do believe that we have an answer today. It's found in those 12 words that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We're going to go to Genesis 50 real quick. I'm going to read you 
just a, a quick story out of Genesis. I, I like going in the Old Testament and I like going in the New Testament because it's all relative. So go to Genesis. That's all the way you're far left. That's the left side of the book. It's all the way to the beginning, Genesis chapter 15. We're going to talk about a guy by the name of Joseph. Now, Joseph had been sold into slavery by his own family. His brothers sold him into slavery, and he was in prison and falsely accused of rape and just 22 years of heartache. At the end of his father's life, and Joseph was now in charge of Pharaoh's entire kingdom, his brothers came to him, and there's the powerful story of, of, of unforgiveness found in Genesis chapter 50. If you're with me, let me hear an amen. And when Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, what if Joseph holds a grudge against us, pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph saying, your father has left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. And when their message came to Joseph, he wept. His brothers came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, listen to this, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is being done the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them, and he spoke kindly to them. 22 years. Joseph was born into a dysfunctional family. He was rejected by his siblings. He was abandoned in a foreign land. He was sold into slavery. He was falsely accused of rape. He was sent to prison unjustly, and he was forgotten and forsaken by a friend. And yet Joseph had the ability, like Jesus, to forgive his family because they didn't know what they're doing. And the people that have hurt you, the people that have wounded you, the people that have scarred you, I'm hoping that you're going to have today the ability, like Joseph, to forgive them, release them, and speak kindly to them. Forgive them, because they don't know what they're doing. Well, let's jump to the New Testament, because Jesus said it differently. In uh, Luke chapter 17, Jesus said this. And Jesus said to his disciples, by the way, how many disciples do I have here today? Let me see your hand, disciples. See, watch this. If you're just a believer, you may not have the power to do this, but if, if you're a disciple then you have the power to do what Jesus is getting ready to tell you to do. And he said to his disciples, it is impossible, but that offenses in life will come. That word there, offense, is an interesting word. It means, it means a scandal. The word actually is scandalous. It means a snare or a stumbling block or a trap. Now watch this, church. On the first Sunday of Lent, as we begin a 40-day campaign together, Jesus starts out by saying this, make sure that you don't fall into the trap of unforgiveness. 
There are traps. There are snares. There are stumbling blocks that are out there. And Jesus said, it's impossible. Life is filled with people that don't know what they're doing. And you better be careful as you navigate through life. Be careful because there are traps. There are snares. And it's called the snare or the trap or the offense of unforgiveness. So he wants us to be liberated. He wants us to begin this 40-day challenge free from the snares or the traps that have been laid for us. How many know you can't really follow Christ if you're in a trap? Because Christ is always moving, and when you get trapped, you're stationary. You're stuck. And there's people here today, right now in this service and watching online, you're stuck in a trap called unforgiveness. You can't follow Jesus if you have snares and stumbling blocks and offenses that you haven't taken care of. So today, in just a few moments, at the end of this service, we are going to cover this cross with sticky notes of the people that we forgive. And we're going to leave. And the only place I know to take those, those, those names, those people that have hurt you, your mother, your father, relatives, a boss, a, a, a pastor, the only way I know how to deal with those situations is to take those names to the cross and put them at the cross and release that person that is wounded and scarred and hurt you. Jesus said it's impossible. Stumbling blocks are going to be laid for you. Be careful you don't get caught in a trap. And there's some of you here today, you're caught in a trap. You're ensnared. But guess what? You can be released today by forgiving those people who have hurt you. So what happens, real quickly, I'm going to give you four points. What happens when you and I forgive and release people that have offended us. By the way, let me just make sure I got the right crowd here. How many of you are here today and you have been offended at least once in your life? It's possible. Offenses are going to come. The question is, how do you respond to it when offenses and traps come? Well, what happens when you and I forgive? The first thing that happens when, when you and I choose to forgive is a powerful one, and it, this is it here. You share in the sufferings of Christ. You share. See, Lent is about us recognizing that Christ suffered for our benefit. And as disciples, as Christians, when you forgive someone who's hurt you, you share in the sufferings of Christ. Look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Dear friends, I'm glad he calls us dear friends. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trial that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed for the spirit of God's glory rests on you. What is he talking about? He's talking about sharing in the sufferings of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10 says this, That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, I delight in insults, I delight in hardships, I delight in persecutions, I delight in difficulties, for when I am weak, 
I am strong. And when you choose to forgive someone who's hurt you, you share in the sufferings of Christ. How many know that Christ was unjustly judged? He was stabbed in the back. He was crucified for something that he didn't do. And as believers, when you release and forgive somebody, you and I share in the sufferings of Christ. Look what Tim, uh, Timothy Keller said. I love this quote. One of the main ways we, are, we move from abstract knowledge about God to a personal encounter with him as a living reality is through the furnace of affliction. Any person who only sticks with Christianity as long as things are going his or her way is a stranger to the cross. So if you've been lied about, if you've been stabbed in the back, if you've been misrepresented, guess what? Receive it as a way of you participating in the sufferings of Christ. And when you forgive them, you participate in Christ's suffering. Number two, what happens when we forgive? When we forgive, number two, we empower Christ to forgive us. How many are grateful for the, for, for the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ? Yeah, we all are. Well, guess what? When you forgive someone who's wounded you, you empower God to forgive you. Let me read this verse of scripture in Matthew. You've heard this a million time, times. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Look, now just listen to these words. Jesus says, this is how then you are to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive our debts. Don't you wish God would have put a period right there? Just, just stop it right there, Lord. You're teaching us to pray, and I want to end this prayer by saying, God, forgive my debt, period. Amen. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, that would be, I think we'd pray this a little bit more. If it ended with a period right there, I think we'd pray this more. But guess what? God says, I want you to pray this prayer. God, forgive us our debts. Watch this. As, oh, God, I don't want to. I want to get even. I want to get back. I want to defend myself. I want to tell everybody how I'm not wrong. It doesn't say that. It says, God, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have hurt us and wounded us. Jesus said, that's the way I want you to pray. Do you know that when you forgive, you release the power of God to forgive you? Do you know that the God of the universe, the most powerful person in the world, is limited by your ability to forgive? And when you forgive, you empower God to forgive you. God, I owe you a million dollars. Thank you for forgiving me. As much as I want to defend myself, I'm going to forgive the guy who owes me a dollar. And that's what forgiveness is. You empower the God of the universe to forgive you of your sins so that you can forgive others. Number three, I like this one. When you forgive other people, 
you release a prisoner and discover that the prisoner is you. Now watch this, church. Stay with me here. When you hold on to unforgiveness, when you hold on to bitterness, when you hold on to anger, you are the prisoner. See, that person who hurts you, they don't care. They're free. And guess what? They're going to find somebody else to hurt. So you're not getting back at them by being bitter. You're imprisoning yourself. And the prisoner is you. So when you come up here in just a few moments and you place that little sticky note on this cross and say, I forgive my second grade teacher, I forgive my father, I forgive my mother, I forgive my ex-wife, you're releasing a prisoner and the prisoner is you. Nelson Mandela was a powerful leader in South Africa fighting against apartheid in South Africa. He was thrown in prison for 27 years. Now think about how long 27 years is. That's a long time. And he was on the crusp of walking out of that prison. He was just getting ready to walk through those prison doors and walk into freedom. And look at the quote that Nelson Mandela said as he was getting ready to release. As I stand before the door of my freedom, I realize that if I do not leave my pain, my anger, and my bitterness behind me, I will still be in prison. And there's some of you here today you got in your car and you drove here and you walked through those front doors, but you're in prison. And when you forgive, you release a prisoner and you discover that the prisoner is you. I like what T.D. Jake says. The first step is to understand that forgiveness does not exonerate the perpetrator. Forgiveness liberates the victim. It's a gift you give yourself. And today, when you forgive, you're giving yourself a gift. And you're allowing a prisoner to go free. The prisoner is you. David Willis says this, holding the grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Oh, but Pastor Scott, you don't understand. No, I don't. And I'll never understand why people do what they do. But I do know this, they don't know what they're doing, and I don't want to be in prison all my life. Jesus Christ came to set us free, and he sets us free from our sins, but we set ourselves free when we follow in his footsteps and forgive other people. When you forgive others, you set a prisoner free, and you release the prisoner, and the prisoner is you. Number four, Bruce, if you go to the keyboard. I love this one. Number four, what happens when we forgive? We activate. Everyone say activate. I like that word. We activate peace and grace 
in a world full of turmoil. How many know that, that we live in a world today that's full of turmoil? Full of toxic relationships. Full of crazy people doing crazy things. And guess what? When you come up here in just a few moments and you take that little sticky thing and you put it on the cross and you say, I forgive my neighbor, I forgive my boss, I forgive my pastor, you are, watch this, activating peace and grace in a crazy world. See, our flesh wants to hang on to that bitterness. Our flesh wants to get even. Our flesh wants to defend ourselves. But God says, I want you to release peace and I want you to release grace in a crazy world and do something crazy. Forgive them. Not get even. Not get back. Not rally a bunch of friends to feel sorry for yourself and try to get people around you to help you justify and defend yourself. No. Jesus says, let that prisoner free, and the prisoner is you, and you do that by releasing them to the power of forgiveness. And you do it by a simple choice. I forgive, and you write their name down. It doesn't mean you got to meet with them. It doesn't mean you got to do face-to-face. There's some of you here today... Your parents so wounded you, you're never going to be able to say, I'm sorry to them personally. But you can release them by you coming to that point recognizing there's anger, there's bitterness, there's resentment, there's hurt. And you've got to get rid of that and become free as Christ created you to be. He wants you to be free. And you do that by activating peace and grace into a world of turmoil. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Put on then as God's holy, chosen, and beloved people. Compassion, hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you. And above all these things, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, let the peace, everyone say peace, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called to one body, and be thankful. See, when you forgive, you activate grace and peace. Marion Williamson said this, forgiveness is not always easy. At times it feels more painful than the wound we suffered to forgive the ones that inflicted it, and yet there is no peace without forgiveness. Jonathan Lockwood said this, forgive others, not because they deserve forgiveness, but because you deserve peace. And Robert Mueller said this, to forgive is the highest, most beautiful form of love. In return, you will receive untold peace and happiness. When you and I forgive people, we release peace and grace in a world filled with turmoil. When you came in today, you, got, you received a, a bulletin. On top of that bulletin is a little sticky note. I want, you to, I want you to pull that sticky note out just for a moment. Everybody got your sticky note? If you need sticky notes, our ushers are coming down. We're going to hand out free sticky notes today. Thank you. Beverly? Everybody got your stick? It should be on your bulletin. Get your bulletin. 
and get your sticky note. And if you need a sticky note, lift your hand. We're going to get your sticky notes. Tom's doing a great job on the, the poster. You can tell he worked for Disney. It's beautiful. Everybody gets a sticky note. Now, because we're a, we're a multi-compassionate church, a giving church, we think outside the box. And I realize that some of you, um, we've got to have some options for people. So, for those of you that really got it all together today, you're going to get a sticky note that looks like this. Some of you got some issues, and you're going to need a sticky note that looks like this. Some of you are going to be here a while, and we got the extra large sticky notes that you can write on. And for those of you who really, really got some turmoil in your life, we've got uh, big old sticky notes. That you can just start at the top and I want to break the ice here real quick before because this is serious. But sometimes you gotta you gotta laugh a little bit. Bruce and I were at a were at a church. I was a young adult pastor at the time, it was a multi, multi mega church. And the pastor got up and said, Today we're gonna we're gonna have communion. But before we do communion, I feel impressed that there's people here today that you need to forgive other people in the church. And so we're just going to take a few minutes out, and before we have communion, I'm going to give you the liberty to get up and just to make things right with one another. Now, Bruce was playing the piano during this incredible session that I was about to witness. And there was a lady on the far right hand, right where Jim was sitting, and I had no idea this woman was capable of the kind of drama that she caused in her own family and in the church. So when the pastor said, okay, now everyone get up, and I want you to begin to forgive one another, I saw it from my own eyes. People started to line up in front of this woman. She had one, two, Al, God's my witness, three, Four, the ushers had to come up. They were giving out tags and names, and they were lining people up, and they lined up all the way out the church. I was shocked. She, they needed a, 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 a post-it size this big to get rid of all those offenses, all those stumbling blocks, all those... Snares. Now, for most of you, this is really, you don't need a piece of paper like this. You just need to write a, a name, a person who severely hurt you and wounded you. And today, a prisoner is going to be set free. And the prisoner is you. Now, I want you to notice what we're doing here today. I'm not asking you to give me the sticky notes. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not capable of 
fixing every hurt and every wound and every scar and the bitterness and the rage and the anger that people have. I only know one thing. Take it to the cross. Put it at the foot of the cross. Give it to God. You may not need counseling. You may need just that ability to say, God, that person, when she said that, I forgive her. And you write her name down, and you put it at the cross. At the cross, at the cross. Listen. Where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Let's stand that together one more time. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. It doesn't mean that all the pain is going to leave. It doesn't mean all the memories are going to be erased. It does mean that you are in a position now to receive forgiveness from Christ as we forgive others. In just a moment, you're going to come down. We're going to end the service in a very unorthodox way. We're simply just going to allow you to come and to take that that person's name, those people that you've written on your sticky note. I want it to be a, a deep spiritual experience for you. And when you leave, you leave the name at the cross and you walk out free. It, it, it doesn't mean that it's magically taken care of, but I do believe that's a healthy start to walk in forgiveness and mercy and kindness when you follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ by saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Would you stand with me across the auditorium? Let's pray. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Father, we stand at the cross today because that's really the only place that we can run to. When we're angry, when we're bitter, when we're walking in that trap of unforgiveness, rage, there's only one place we can really go to get rid of that, and that's simply take it to the cross. God, the, the hurt and the wounds and the scars we've all encountered as we're walking through life, I pray you'll help us today to hear the words of your Spirit and to walk in liberty and freedom that you came to give us.
Help us to step out of that snare, that trap, that stumbling block that wants to load us down, keep us from really following you. We release today the people that have hurt and wounded us. We choose today to walk in liberty and freedom through Jesus Christ. We bring these names to the cross and we release and forgive them in Jesus' name. And we walk today in liberty and freedom. And we're grateful for it today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. Come to the cross and forgive those people that have hurt you today.